Hey, man, what are you doing? Oh, just listening to Seriously Wrong. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's this episode about that you're listening oh, to? Oh, it's about being nice. Nice. Nice, right? Nice. nice. Yeah. Hey, that would be really nice sharing one of your earbuds with me so I can listen in. Oh, no. You can just download your own copy, right? Oh. I just don't want to be tethered to you for the next hour. So. Yeah, no, totally. I can just download it myself. That makes sense. So we're cool? Yeah, everything's nice. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Nice. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, nice. 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 Love that podcast. All right, downloaded it myself. Did I do something wrong? Well, when I asked about sharing the earbud with you, it was about more than just listening to the podcast. It was a symbol of our budding friendship, and I didn't have to listen to the whole thing, but it was symbolic. It represented something to me, and when you shot it down, maybe it's stupid, but it hurt my feelings. Uh That's it. I'm putting it all on the table. I'm a sensitive person. And when you said, no, you wouldn't share the earbud, that wouldn't be nice, I felt like that wasn't nice. You know what? I should have expressed myself more clearly. Other people getting earwax on my earbuds is kind of like a major ick factor for me. So, like, I experienced you asking that as kind of not nice in a way. And so that was why I was a bit abrupt shooting it down. I was, no. You know, like, I see you saw it as a bonding thing. I saw it as a potential ear contamination thing. Not that your ears are more contaminated. It's just... to keep a closed loop with my ears contacting the insides of other ears. It's my weird thing, and I could have just said that, and then you would have known it wasn't about not wanting to bud a friendship with you. Totally. And I realize now I should have said, as soon as my feelings were hurt, you know, it's not always easy to do this, but just sort of acknowledge first to myself that it wasn't your fault, it was not an expressed need, and that I couldn't expect you, a near stranger, to just immediately do that just because I felt like we were really having a moment of budding, as it were. Yeah, and even though I had no necessarily responsibility to share my earbud with you, I just want to say I get why you were disappointed, and that makes sense to me. That's a totally sensible reaction, and I yeah, I appreciate everything you're saying. Well, it was nice to meet you. Yeah, it was. It, it got a bit difficult for a minute, but overall I'd say that was really nice meeting you. And I think our budding friendship is stronger for it, really. Definitely. Whole, this whole hubbub over the earphones, I think it really yeah. strengthened oh, this yeah. new friendship. Definitely. It showed that we communicate well, number one. And number two, it's going to be a fantastic story to tell all our friends in the future about how we met and first became friends. The earbud fiasco is just kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. the first. Classic. We're going to be telling that story someday. All right, well, I'm going to listen to this nice episode of a nice podcast, but it was nice to meet you. Nice meeting you, too, and maybe we'll text some thoughts about it to each other while we're both listening. Nice. Nice. See ya. Cool. Bye. And I'll just uh, put my little heady phones on. Head, head, heady phones. Warning. A kind act can be more powerful than a sword. You're seriously wrong. You're seriously wrong. You're seriously wrong. Seriously wrong. You're wrong. You're seriously wrong. You're wrong. You're seriously wrong.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seriously Wrong Audio Content. I am your audio content co-provider, Sean. And I'm the other audio content co-provider, Aaron. This week, we have prepared some prepared audio content on the question, the fundamental question, should we be nice or not? Is being nice nice? Is it good to be nice or is it bad to be nice? These are questions that have plagued philosophers since the dawn of time. And, you know, I can't say that we're the final word on this, but I think this will be a milestone in the progression of this historical conversation. And I think crucially what it means for not just us, but humanity is that there's another straw on the camel's back moving society either further or closer to niceness based on the conclusions that we come to mm. this Yeah, episode. I like to think of it as there's two camels and one is a utopian camel and one is a dystopian camel mm. and they're both collecting straw on their back and whichever one's back breaks first, the other one will survive. So we really got to break the bad camel's back and uh, get to a utopian society and will being nice put more straw on that camel or the camel that we want to save. That's a vibrant metaphor. That's the type of metaphor that helps build an ever more beautiful world forever. I just like thinking of two camels. Who it's doesn't? twice as good as one. <laughs> you were just in there thinking about one camel and then you're like, oh shit, second camel rolls up. Damn. Oh, this metaphor just got doubly powerful. Oh man, I'm imagining two camels right now. It's pretty dope. Highly recommend. Well, anyway, I hope that metaphor was nice for you to listen to. So, without further ado, on with the show. On with the audio content. Oh yeah, audio content. And now we go to the proud sponsor of today's episode of Seriously Wrong, being unnecessarily mean to people in many different contexts. So your total will be thirteen sixty-four. How will you be paying? Put it on my Discover card, you wretched pig-faced buffoon. Oh, young man, you look strong like you could help a little old lady across the street. Wow, Crypt Keeper, you sure are useless and feeble. Without me, you'd be irreversibly broken. Uh, you piece of shit. You make me sick. Right back at you, fucko. Welcome home. I cooked you dinner. I don't know if you forgot. It's our 30-year anniversary. We've been married for 30 years. Wow, Chris, that smells like shit. I'm not sure I could choke down a single bite of that garbage. Now I remember why I wanted you to burn in hell. You're an unbearable monster with no human soul. Now choke down your slop because you're not getting anything else. Wow, you're fucking toxic. If you were in a box, you'd be labeled rat poison. Did you just read a book from the 80s, like 99 put-downs for kids? You sound like a moron when you said that. Because you said I was toxic, so I was like, what's super toxic? Rat poison, that's you. It's a zinger. I'm just saying that if you were in a box, the box would be You think it makes you bigger to pretend that it's not a zinger? Sorry, can you let me finish, Chris? I'm saying if you were in a box, the box would be a useless person ashamed to his family. And you might be thinking, oh, I've never seen that on a shelf. I see rat poison around, I never see that. Well, the reason you never see that is because nobody wants you. Being really, really, really mean for no reason. It's not pretty, but it works. It's just so, so effective. Proud sponsor of today's episode. Thank you. Being nice is really good. <laughs> and I'm almost hesitant to bring it up within left-wing circles because I got dunked on so hard for talking about this once. But I still think it's true. Like I'm digging my heels in. 
being nice is really, really good. Like in 99% of the time. And like, sure, there's an argument for sometimes being like a little bit mean, a little bit snarky. There's room for that as a tool in the toolkit for certain outcomes at certain times. And as you, we shouldn't be like automaton nice robots about this, like weird, super Christian positive people who are like... Meanness is part of the spectrum of human reaction and human interaction. You're not ruling it out. Yeah. But in the way that we relate to each other, we embody different cultural logics we embody different cultural assumptions about the relationship between human beings and when we harshly reify the notion of human hierarchy through various means and interpersonal cruelty trying to break people down and there's even some room for that like i'm not i'm not a robot about this but we need to acknowledge that interpersonal relationships are part of politics. The personal is political. And that applies, obviously, very potently to gender relations and racism. But it also generally applies to just not being a huge fucking piece of shit to each other. And I think that not being a huge piece of shit to other people is revolutionary. No, yeah, I agree. I love being nice to people, especially when like... <laughs> It's a context where most people aren't doing it. It's like this sort of, I've talked about it before, like nice trolling, but it's like not pretending to be nice. It's actually being nice as a method of trolling. And it actually works more often than you would think. And it's like, it's a, di and it's it, work, it, it works to calm people down and get them, it doesn't work them like, oh, I got them so mad by being <laughs> nice to them. It was like, they said something really mean to me and I responded by just, calmly partially agreeing with them and wishing them a good day yeah you know? yeah like, exactly and it's like yeah trolling's the wrong word probably because trolling is generally in order to get a rise out of someone but it's a way to jam the normal ways people interact with each other especially online and it can just really really interrupt people in this sort of unthinking process of social uh, smearing and attempts to gotcha each other and get people down and off that like it's like if you just get read as sarcastic nice then it doesn't work and it's like it's meanness basically uh, even if that's not how you intended it but if you can project actual niceness just from doing it i know that it's super powerful but i also know that it only works if you actually want to do it and you're not just pretending because if you're pretending people can tell and then it just again gets right as sarcastic it's a kind of fake nice it's smarminess it's not the same thing you have to actually want to be nice and then like in the moment even if they're annoying you be like okay no this person like yeah they said a dumb thing i say dumb things before i'm gonna genuinely respond to what i think their concerns are and i'm gonna say something nice about them too and it's like it's so intense the way that you can like just change what was happening. And it's like, it's a type of power that's really interesting being nice. Uh, and it's also just inherently good. I mean, I can think of certain very specific situations where being nice wouldn't be good, but they're very limited. So I agree with you. Being nice is good. <laughs> yeah. You use the word revolutionary, but it's just something else on the tip of my tongue. It's not coming to me. And to expand on how it's revolutionary and what it means to be revolutionary in this context is that it's to the degree that you can choose to avoid cruelty and can choose to avoid the reification of hierarchy and choose to avoid these damaging social things that are sort of inherent to our culture and our political and economic system. To the degree that you're swimming upstream like that, 
you are changing the sort of like pH balance of the Petri dish you're in, you know, you're changing the makeup of the ecosystem that you're living in. And I think that has a non-zero effect. It has a real effect to embody these values in personal interactions. I'm not going to be a guy with dreadlocks who walks around in bare feet in the city about this. I'm not saying like, that's how we win. We just need to love each other or something like that or whatever. Right, right, right. But treating each other with dignity and avoiding cruelty, avoiding these interpersonal things that can clearly just be so damaging and are clearly so connected to the cruelty and inhumanity of the systems that we rail against, so worth doing. And such positive effects. It's righteous. Call that the path to righteousness myself. (laughs) And it's 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 one tool in our well stocked toolkit to Mm -hmm. to create a radically better world. And that's what's revolutionary about it. And that's why I call it revolutionary. Yeah, and I think being nice is slightly different from a kind of like people imagine a sort of bland, as you said, hippie dreadlocks in the street positivity. Oh, be positive about everything, like positive thinking and stuff like that. It's not what I'm talking about at all. Like when I'm being nice to people in the situations I'm talking about online, sometimes it's a lot of work and it's like swimming upstream and it's emotionally tiring for me and I can't do it all the time because you do get annoyed by people. And yeah, have you seen what some of that. these people post? And you can be Some nice. Of these people online are posting stuff that's like, whoa. And you, and you can be nice to people while also being critical of them. Those two things aren't in contradiction at all. And just blanketly affirming others, being super positive in some strange neo spiritual, not well thought out way, isn't the same thing as being nice. That can actually be a type of avoiding reality that is. I wouldn't say it's not nice, but it's definitely not. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely, I think it is nicer to tell someone when they're wrong than to let them continue being wrong in a broad conceptual way. Like if you, if you, if you have some sort of insight that you can share with them, that's a valuable and nice thing to do. There's just more and less nice ways to do it. And sometimes the rapturous cruelty of a sharply worded comment might shake someone out of their poorly thought out position, which is going to cause unethical outcomes or harm definitely but again we focus on this conflict stuff because it's cultural to emphasize conflict 99 percent of the time you don't need it welcome to keyboard warrior radio theater Last night at the bar, this, quote, nice guy was trying to pick up me and my friends in such a repulsive way. I hate nice guys. I think maybe you're a bit confused. It doesn't seem like you hate nice guys. It seems like you hate guys who attempt to pick you up in repulsive ways, which I think isn't actually very nice. So what you hate is not nice guys. Thanks a lot, devil's advocate. These dickbags self-describe as nice guys. And honestly, if anyone self-describes as a nice guy, they're getting some side eye from me. As far as I'm concerned, that term is dead. There's no reason to cede the term nice guys to people who want to not be nice and then use the cloak of being nice to cover up for their actions. They're using it to describe themselves because being nice is so good. And by ever referring to them as nice guys without at least some scare quotes, or my preference is to say not actually nice guys with the not actually in brackets, 
it becomes Orwellian. Frankly, I think some of them are actually deluded enough to think that they are nice. And I think that ceding this language to them by referring to them as nice guys just sort of sharpens their incorrect belief that their problem is actually that they're nice. When the problem is that they aren't being nice. And I'm not playing devil's advocate. This is something I really care about. You know, part of me is tempted to double down on this and really just pick a fight, dig my heels in here. But I have to admit, at least some of your points are partially accurate. Maybe there should be a greater conversation about what terminology we seed or don't seed and in what context. And it's not really hard to use scare quotes. So I'm not screenshotted out of context and passed around on anti-feminist forums to say that women have gone crazy and they literally hate nice guys. I mean, on one hand, it's not really my responsibility to prevent that, but if I'm aware of it, you know, I think you're partially right. That means a lot to me. I uh, have called myself a nice guy in the past and this new thing that happened around it, I started to feel really self-conscious. Thank you so much for your comments. And thank you for butting in to give your two cents about my lived experience. Cool. I'm glad we're platonic friends with each other. You're a great friend to me. You're a great friend to me. Five hours and 42 minutes later. No, that's not true at all. You shouldn't say that about yourself. You are a nice guy, a genuinely nice guy. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And likewise, the vulnerabilities you've expressed to me don't represent faults you have in your character. They represent misperceptions you have about yourself because you are a nice person. Look at the time. Can you believe it? It's 4.30 a.m. We stayed up all night affirming each other. This platform such a time suck. Wow, LMAO, I had no idea. I had so much important stuff to do this night, but I got caught up in this really positive thread. Wow, 612 comments. Ha ha ha. We are out of control, man. Great to have you in my life, but I need to go to bed. Same. Total bedtime for me, too. I gotta get up in four hours. R-O-F-L-C-O-P-T-E-R-S. Rafflecopters. Lol, epic. Good one. Rafflecopter. I'm gonna remember that one. Have a great night probably heard it somewhere but i'm just so tired it, it's so funny i'm laughing my ass off right now dude i'm literally laughing my ass off over here at that hilarious phrase i'm not sure i've heard it before but it is so friggin epic have a great night image of a sleeping dog cozy in blankets looking content sharing meme that face when you try to go to bed but check one last time to see if there's any good comments lol this is so me and we'll see you next time for another episode of Keyboard Warrior Radio Theater. So not many people know this, but the Seriously Wrong podcast was actually heavily inspired by an earlier podcast that me and Aaron were both huge fans of in the early 2000s. This was a groundbreaking show. They achieved some incredible highs over their admittedly short 34 episode run. I feel like they don't get the praise they deserve and I think this is the perfect episode to give them a shout out and plant a flag down saying how much they inspired us. And also, I was thinking, do you want to play a clip from one of our favorite episodes? Here, I'll just wheel out this tape player and do you have the tape of the favorite episode? Yep, cued it up to my favorite clip too. Sweet, just pop her in and... Popped and play. Hi everyone and welcome to the Seriously Nice Podcast. I am your co-host, Nice Sean. And I am Nice Aaron. We appreciate so greatly your time and attention. It's a nice weather out today. Hey, Nice Aaron. Nice Sean. I think this has been the nicest weather probably since yesterday. It was pretty nice yesterday too. Yeah, I'm tempted to say that every day is nicer than the last. 
but sometimes the days are a little less nice, but it's okay because everything is still super nice. Yeah, and to be honest, nicely, I like all different kinds of weather. They have different strengths and, you know, downsides too, but I don't focus on those so much. It's just, what's nice about today? And there's always an answer to that. Such a nice observation. It's what I ask myself every morning. What's nice about today? Do you want to do a nice father, nice son sketch? Nice. Yeah, definitely. Son, you're home early from school. It's so great to see you. Have I told you how proud I am of you? Yes, Dad, but it never hurts to repeat it because I'm a growing boy who needs to know that his papa is proud of him. And you know what, Papa? I'm proud of you, too. You're such a great dad. That is so nice to hear. I've seen you grow from a little baby up to a young boy, and I can't wait to see you grow into a man. And that was when I'll be fully and truly completely as proud as a dad can be. But for now, I'm merely extremely proud of everything you do. Uh, Come here for a hug, little guy. Oh, yay, that'd be so nice. Give me a hug. And always remember, son, there's nothing wrong with platonic male touch. There's going to be a lot of people in this world who try to shame you or say that there's something wrong with giving big hugs to your friends, back massages, you name it. But platonic male touch... It's really a wonderful and nice thing. Thanks, Dad. Being around you always makes me smile. (laughs) You always make me smile too, son. Did I already say that I love you? I think I did, but I'll say it again. I love you, boy. I love you, nice Dad. I love you, nice son. That was a nice sketch, wasn't it? Yeah, that was super nice. Now on to the topic of the episode, which is always smiling all All the the time. time. Smiling all the time. Yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, we're in for a real nice treat. And I'll pop the tape out. Yeah, so you can see there's a pretty clear influence. Yeah, a lot of elements they did. We do kind of in our own style, but foundational work in our lives. So I'm happy to share it with our audience. And check out the whole 34 episode run. It's worth Mm -hmm. it. Some of the nicest shows I've ever heard. So as Canadians, we're experts on being nice? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I mean, we try to be nice. And sometimes people will be like, oh, you're Canadian. That's why you're so nice. Yeah, if if they've heard our show and then find out we're Canadian, it's like a moment. It's like, oh, that makes sense. All Canadians are nice. A can. (laughs) But it's actually, it's not true that all Canadians are nice. Yeah, no, I've met some absolute pricks in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And, like, we still have murders in Canada. We have all kinds of horrifying things going on all the time that aren't nice. Yeah, I mean... They're not nice murders. Just for an example on, like, why Canadians aren't inherently super nice all the time and all the actions of the government are nice and stuff like that, is just that if you look at the numbers of Jewish people fleeing the Holocaust during World War II... Canada took in like very, very little, like way, way less than the U.S. or other neighboring countries. Just was not good on that. The secretary for immigration was like an anti-Semite. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about like actions by government, the Canadian government, not just like are the people in Canada nice, then yeah, you open up a whole can of worms because Canada, like the United States, founded on stealing land and mass murder of native people colonialism is a huge part of what the foundation of this country and that's not nice at all it's an understatement actually to say that's not nice (laughs) it's it's not strong enough a condemnation but just technically it is not nice yeah i don't know if the niceness stereotype had started back then if they were all like oh sorry we're taking your land british north america is so nice like before we had that (laughs) name (laughs) 
But actually, the Canadian niceness is sort of interesting because there is sort of like a higher cultural standard as far as like basic politeness in public. And it's things like using more hedge words, like stuff like it seems or it could be rather than just assertively stating what you think. Canadians will tend to hedge their statements a little more and like the, mm. the multiplicity of potential interpretations. And also we say sorry notoriously right like we yeah, apologize something people a lot. bring up a lot but it's interesting because the way that canadians say sorry is a little bit different there might be other places that do this as well but the way canadians say sorry is like we won't just apologize if we do something wrong we'll apologize if the circumstances are bad like if it starts to rain you might apologize for the rain even though it's not any claim like i created the rain and i'm sorry for <laughs> my <laughs> my rain creation and there's actually laws on the books in BC where we live and Ontario and I think New Brunswick, there's something called the Apology Act in BC, which just legally states that when you apologize, if a Canadian apologizes to another, or it doesn't matter if you're Canadian or not, if you apologize in BC, it's not a legal admission of guilt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it would be ridiculous if it was because like I'd say, sorry, automatically all the time if i'm out in public and i brush against you by accident i'll say sorry and that's not to say like oh i did something horribly wrong we're all allowed to be in public and sometimes people brush up against each other it's just a way to acknowledge that it happened and they might have noticed it and they might be like oh it's like just sorry you know it's easy i don't even know what people say like what do you say if you don't say sorry in that situation nothing do you just like look at them and be like i brushed against you That's American culture. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know what Americans would do. It's weird. In the Apology Act in BC, it stipulates an apology means an expression of sympathy or regret. It's not an admission of fault or liability in connection with the matter to which the words or actions relate. So, for example, if you get in a car crash and then you're like, oh, oh sorry. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You haven't legally confessed to being at fault in that circumstance within British Columbia. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic legal standard. And it's also just a good definition of how we use sorry in Canada. It's like it's a big bucket and you can put anything you want in there. Just sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just kind of sorry. (laughs) And it has like interesting implications for just apologizing in general and when it's appropriate to apologize. And like I like that definition of expressing sympathy specifically because that's kind of the point. And I don't know, I, I like the idea of reducing apology a little bit from this thing that has to be like such a big deal. Like I'm apologizing. It's, it's like, yeah, just apologize frequently all the time. Why not? Yeah. I, I, I express sympathy all the time. It's great to express sympathy. A major social red flag for me since I was a kid has always been like the kids that refuse to apologize for any, like make someone cry or whatever. Teachers like just apologize to them. They're like, no, I won't apologize. I'm not wrong. I, sometimes I see adults like that in public where somehow it's come up where they're not apologizing pointedly. They're like, I refuse to apologize. And when I see that happening, it just like makes me grit my teeth and like what my eyes pop out and stuff. I'm just like, just fucking apologize. It means nothing. It just, it just, <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't not means nothing but it doesn't mean that you are horrible or like people get i don't know worried like oh if i apologize that means that i'm saying that i'm bad like it's a like it's a diss on yourself to apologize when it's not a diss on yourself it's a compliment to yourself and saying that you are able to recognize that this thing that happened was potentially uncomfortable or whatever from the other person and just acknowledging it I'm just, I'm sorry about it. But this flattening of like multiple definitions starts to like, 
I think sort of reveal that like being nice doesn't mean that you're good. And for sorry to have this meaning of expressing sympathy and taking responsibility, when you want someone to take responsibility, if they can use sorry and mean to express sympathy, they're like evading, like me saying it means Mm -hmm. nothing. I just accidentally blurted out something that's like, on behalf of Canada, I'm like, oh my God, I just gave up the game for Canadians. (laughs) We're not actually nice. We're refusing to take responsibility. But like there is sort of like a dark side to that. And like part of why it's so easy to apologize if whereas actually taking responsibility for something is what often these people that refusing to apologize actually need to do. And we're giving them the out of just like, yeah, just express sympathy, use the same word. But like, no, sometimes you have to actually like really take responsibility. And yeah, but But like to me, the thing is like just saying sorry. Now I'm getting hung up on how I say sorry and not sorry or however Americans pronounce it and how the Americans, because they've said it so many times, are going to be like, those silly Canadians saying sorry. Anyway, just saying that shouldn't be the bar you have to reach to express responsibility anyway. Like if you really want to say, I'm taking responsibility because I know I did something wrong, say that. (laughs) People do that anyway. It's not just the Canadians are letting people off the hook on this. This is a common thing where people just say sorry to get other people off their back. And if the other person has this assumption that saying sorry means I'm taking responsibility, it's always leaving the door open at a future point to be like, oh, no, I just meant I'm sorry. that they, Like you see this in public apologies a lot where they're like, I'm sorry if they felt bad about this or like, you know, they qualifying it in these weird ways to like, eliminate the possibility of saying I'm taking responsibility. But what I'm saying is that taking responsibility for wrongdoing is actually an important thing that people need to do. And it needs to be done explicitly by saying, I know what I did was wrong and this is what it was. And this is why it was wrong. If you're not expressing all those elements, you're not taking responsibility. And just saying, I'm sorry that this happened or I'm sorry I did that shouldn't be good enough anyway. So by watering down the definition of sorry to be this all-encompassing thing, we're forcing people to step up their apology game and really go through the steps. You're not just saying, oh, I'm sorry, it's raining today. You're saying, I acknowledge that I caused it to rain, and that's wrong, and I apologize for that. That doesn't represent my best feelings about myself, and I will strive to never make it rain like this again in the future. Yeah, That's like a real complete apology you know not just oh sorry it's raining but like really step up to the plate acknowledge you caused the rain acknowledge that weather is under your control and that you're going to try to do better with your weather control in the future in very specific terms yeah an apology and a responsibility taking they're two separate things and it's good to keep that in mind so you're welcome the rest of the world from canada and now because on this show we do like to always 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 present both sides of every issue i scoured the internet to see who would best represent the opposition here and i found the canadian association of mean guys and apparently they've been following our podcast have a lot of opinions on our podcast and i sent them an advanced copy of the episode so that they could insert their opinions in here i'm not going to respond just going to let them state their piece what the mean guys think about this episode Fuck you for having me on, Aaron. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck you all. I'm here from the Canadian Mean Guys Institute. We believe in spreading how meanness is better than niceness. And we always tell people to go fuck yourself because you're worthless. Us mean guys got together and put together a statement that would really stick it 
to this fucking piece of shit show run by two goddamn idiots to make us sick, seriously wrong. But when we reviewed the evidence, we found Seriously Wrong is actually a pretty mean show, but they find ways to get away with it. So, us Canadian Institute for Mean Guys, while we do say go fuck yourself wrong, boys, overall we give it the mean guy seal of approval. God, you make me sick, ladies and gentlemen. Go to hell. Yeah, I just want to say I appreciate so much that you're not condemning our show. What a pleasant surprise. Well, maybe go fuck yourself, asshole. I'm not sure how the mechanics of that would work. Unless you just mean masturbating. I do that regularly. Oh, you think you're fucking smart, huh? I'm not going to do it right now. Fucking genius guy over here. Such a fucking smart ass. Know what? Fuck it. We're revising our position. The Canadian Institute for Mean Guys actually says... Seriously Wrong is a piece of shit, dumbass show that no one should ever fucking listen to. It's garbage. Both the people who host it are fucking wasteoids. And the world would be a better place if they both got hit by a bus. Go fuck yourself, okay? I utterly and completely condemn you and your work. Well, that was an unceremonious end to the segment, but because I disagree with all of your work, I can't say I'm disappointed that you dislike us, so that's fine. Fuck you, fuck everyone listening, and fuck everyone who does good in this world. Meanness forever. Peace. I mean war. Meanness forever. War. So clever. You mean Did I ask you for your opinion? Kinda. I feel like you looked at me with a bit of a questioning gaze. Like, was that good? I mean, I was reading into you, but... What is this fucking asshole observing my body language, trying to make fucking observations? Who do you think you are, Jane Goodall? God, you're dumb. That was the Mean Guys Institute. Now back to the show. I gotta say, I got a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth for playing a mean guy too long. I need to just say something nice really quick. Sure. Aaron, I thought you did a great job in that sketch. It's sort of a tough position to play the straight man against that. And I thought it was a good performance, honestly, as uh, I sort of got to play the fun side and I appreciate you. But for all of its fun, it did actually sort of give me a bit of a, like just from too much of the negative. It doesn't sit right with me. It's not my type of comedy. I, on the other hand, feel great after that sketch. I feel like emotionally just good. So it's interesting. We have those different experiences. They're totally predictable, obviously, but interesting. And now back to the show for real? Yeah, let's go back further towards the show. Right, yeah, that was one step back to the show. Now another step. One step, two steps back to the show. (laughs) I wanted to touch back on something else you said, which is that being nice doesn't necessarily make you good. And I think that's also really important to talk about here because I think sometimes when people are criticizing the idea of we should be nice. One of the criticisms they bring up is like, oh, well, so then if I'm just this super dedicated racist fascist person, but I'm super nice about it, then that's okay. You're saying that like being nice is the standard and all people who are nice, it's just like the criticism is that's missing the mark because niceness isn't the point. The point is is what you're doing contributing to a better future or a worse future? Is what you're doing contributing to oppression or is it attempting to interrupt those processes and lessen the oppression? Then that's way more important than this kind of surface level niceness as an aesthetic. It's a good point because it can obscure like a lot. If you have someone who's really interpersonally nice, always really supportive to people, hey, gives you five bucks here and there just because, hey, why not? You're a good guy. Here, take five bucks. But then they're just like a raging anti-Semite and they run a website about how great fascism is. It doesn't matter how nice they are because the substance of behind that niceness is like repellent and reprehensible. Yeah. And, and people could even make the argument that it's worse that they're nice because at least if they were an asshole about it, then everyone would see how awful they are. But the niceness like paints this 
gold on the turd and then people might accidentally think the turd is gold or if it was chocolate and then they might think it's chocolate and they'll eat it and they're like oh i just ate a turd damn it (laughs) or they might be a fascist too and then they're like "Mm, this turd's great (laughs) i love it i'm a fascist too or you get the argument like well, all you anti-fascist people sure are rude. At least Johnny over here can speak without using ad hominem attacks when he's talking about the international Jewry. Right, exactly. It's, you are missing the point there, for sure. Yeah, and I guess that's niceness's shadow self. It's like this niceness that obscures barbarism, this niceness that is a window dressing to something horrifying. Yes. It, that is true, but that doesn't... To be clear, the fact that that's possible doesn't mean that it's not desirable to be nice in other circumstances or most circumstances, Yeah. but just merely that you can't rely on niceness alone as a barometer for ethical value. Yeah, niceness isn't sufficient to demonstrate a whole myriad of things. Good politics being the example we've been using also doesn't demonstrate whether you are a talented musician. It, d- it just doesn't demonstrate anything else other than interpersonal skill and maybe some dispositional psychological issues in certain ways and then like i guess that brings up another question is like is it good to be nice to the nice unethical people or is it more ethical to be not nice to the nice unethical people yeah i think you got to do both sometimes i wouldn't say always being nice to them is desirable like uh, by a long shot and i definitely wouldn't say never being nice to them is desirable that's true yeah if we're gonna just make such general rules about reality like if you meet a mean person always be nice it's like you're gonna have a really idiotic view of reality like if you're (laughs) but often when you meet a mean person a good tactic is to be nice no yeah yeah it can be like a just a self-preservation issue like maybe by just saying sorry to everyone i bump into i've diffused a situation where some hothead who beats up everyone that bumps into them but doesn't say sorry he really appreciated the apology and he was like you know what i'm not going to beat aaron to death with a two by four in general being nice people just kind of instinctively start being nice to you back in most cases i wouldn't say niceness is sufficient to demonstrate moral worth or like to live a good life i wouldn't say that niceness is necessary all the time anyway i think it's necessary to be nice sometimes if you're not ever nice that likely demonstrates some emotional issues that you're having at the very least but i think niceness is desirable and it's a very powerful tool in the toolkit of human interactions and i think people think of niceness as weakness or niceness as placidity. And I think that sort of framing gives an unnecessary amount of power to meanness. And like, fair enough, being mean is a powerful thing. Like you feel that in your gut when someone's mean to you in various ways. It's a powerful experience and it's a powerful tool in the toolkit. But people underestimate the like subtle, very potent power of niceness. And I think that's one of the reasons that I love Mr. Rogers so much is because he's always nice and he's just an extremely effective, powerful communicator. So it's like, yeah, I just don't agree with the kind of like hierarchy that meanness is this thing that like, if you want to get serious or really affect things, you got to like take the gloves off and be mean about it. It's like sometimes, sure, I'm. it's in the toolkit and use it, but niceness is also in the toolkit and it's actually a power tool it's not just a non-power tool so yeah lest there be any confusion one should be nice sometimes but not always but usually i'd say the default generally the default and then 
if it's not working, you can try other things. And honestly, I really just feel like people who hate niceness are just like so owned right now. Like either they're owned or they've changed their position. Like they came in, they're like, no one should ever be nice. I'm against niceness, anti-nice gang. They listen to this quick app. They're like, oh, damn. Being nice sometimes, but not always, but usually by default. That makes sense. I'm in. Yeah, you'd have to be an imbecile to not agree with us. Welcome back to All Ideas Presented in an Unbiased and Even-Handed Manner. I'm your host, Hurt Shankeveld. Before the break, we had a really interesting guest, Biz Vanderson. He had a very peculiar paranoid conspiracy theory about a specific ethnic group, and we gave him his 10 minutes. But you know how we present our ideas on the show? Both sides! That's right, folks. On our show, we always try to show both sides. And that's why we have a completely crazy anti-racist activist here with us, Bing Snoot, Twitter celebrity. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. What the fuck did I just listen to? That was torture being in the green room, hearing that racist piece of shit given free reign to elaborate on this conspiracy theory that targets a particular ethnic group. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Why is this show here? Look, Bing, if you could refrain from the ad hominem attacks, it would really give a little more credence to your case. If there's something wrong with his ideas, you can attack his ideas. I was attacking his ideas. There's no need to resort to ad hominem, okay? My criticism of his ideas is that one, they're racist, and two, they're absolutely shit. There's more analysis than they deserve. Sometimes interesting how people like you can think it could be productive to resort to calling people racist. Let's play a clip from when Biz Vanderson was on earlier and one of the things that he said. So yeah, you have it exactly right. There is a man who lives on a boat and yes, he happens to be Chinese and he controls world affairs. Yeah, he controls all the world affairs. And yes, all Chinese people happen to be in on it. I'm not a racist. I'm just calling them what the data shows. So he said right there, he's not a racist. But he is a racist because he thinks a Chinese man on a boat controls the whole world and all Chinese people are in on it. It's a damaging conspiracy theory that causes real harm in the world, in the universe we exist in, where a lot of people actually believe this to Chinese people. Yeah, sure, a lot of people believe it and sometimes unstable individuals. And there's no facts to back this up. My job as a curator is not necessarily to weigh in on every perspective that comes through our show. But That's just, why it your particular opinion is that it's not true. Uh, yes, I find myself doubtful that there is a man on a boat okay, who so happens to be... Okay, so grow a fucking backbone, motherfucker, and tell that piece of shit he's a piece of shit. Well, look, okay, I'm just going to play another quick clip from Biz Fanderson. Why? You just had him on. And look, I'm not a piece of shit. They're trying to get me fired from my job because I propose a hypothesis and I collect data and I produce videos about it. And they're trying to get me fired. Whatever happened to free speech? So what did happen to free speech, Bing Snoot? I have your tweet here from July 13th. You say, anyone who believes, quote, man on boat, quote, theory should be fired. Do you still stand by that? I was just expressing how pissed off I am. And you, you, you motherfucker, while you present yourself as this like neutral point of view, just showing all sides, you give him this skate by interview. You just let him talk basically for 10 minutes and you nodded and said a few mildly encouraging things. You introduced him as a popular researcher and thinker. And then you introduced me as an insane activist. You've been way more combative with me. You created this whole narrative 
about how he's being nice and I'm not being nice and you selected me because you know I'm not fucking nice. You read my tweets. This whole show is a story you told to your audience. It's not just this neutral presentation of facts. The framing matters and framing is actually saying something. Well, thanks for being on the show, Bing. It was a pleasure to have you here. It wasn't a pleasure to be here. After the break, with both sides so crazy, can anyone rise above it all and find a middle ground? We'll find out after the break. I think ultimately, if we want to really wrap our head around niceness, and what is the right revolutionary disposition towards niceness? We need to distinguish between being nice in form and nice in content. And it, through that framework, it's really easy to understand why the extremely interpersonally nice person who's calling for genocide is actually not nice because they're not expressing content that is nice in its ends. But they are nice in a sense. But like, if you don't have the content interpersonal, what was the other form? Formal niceness it's a hollow version of itself. Like when those two things match up, that's the power position. And having content that is nice and a form of not niceness is maybe less than ideal, maybe sometimes strategically good, but still, it's still more nice in a sense. Like the content is the deeper niceness here. A good example of something that's nice in form, but not in content is the niceness that corporations show towards customers or like the niceness of walmart for example it's nice you have access to all this material goods it's so convenient you're surrounded by all this stuff at affordable prices there's a greeter at the door to say hello to you people Every, to help you find whatever product you need at a low price everyone smiles at you they're having a great time <laughs> anything you want at a low price and that's the nice form. It seems nice from the outside, but that's obscuring the wage relations of the employees and the employers, all the profit going to a very few amount of people, other people being exploited, needing to rely on food stamps at the same time that they work there. Yeah, massive amounts of unpaid emotional labor by the employees who are just like required to say specific things to you when you come to the cash register. They have to say these things and sound like they mean it and that they're happy about it over and over again all day. It's an incredible requirement to put on people. And then also behind it, the products, the way that they're produced, there's all this exploited labor in every corner of the world. This yeah, is they a come out nice at the end, nice and cheap and available, but everything up to that point is far from nice, like the opposite of nice. So is there maybe an argument that because this is so not nice, the reality behind the fake niceness of the corporations is, is so mean, there's actually big meanies. The domination of the material world and other human beings behind this veneer of niceness, this fake false niceness trying to sell you something that's not true through exploitation. Is there an argument that it's so not nice that there's an excuse for like us to be not nice in response to sure, it. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think everyone just gets that intuitively and knows that, like, yeah, like, of course, <laughs> speaking truth to power, being mean to Walmart is righteous. I don't think anyone could argue that that's not true. Yeah, as long as Walmart is being mean themselves somehow in substance, then absolutely. You know, it's generally just good to stand up to bullies. That's an intuitive mythological structure in our, deep within our social relations. We understand that when someone is pushing too far and being mean and being cruel, that it's good for everyone to like stand together against the bully, defeat them. 
Yeah, also, I don't want to rule out, though, that being nice to Walmart sometimes might be a good thing to do. I don't even know what that looks like or what that means. Like, I could imagine playful, like, memes or call-outs to Walmart done in a nice way, like, hey, just so you guys know, I don't know if you do know, there's a lot of uh, (laughs) slavery and human suffering in your production process. I don't know if you've reflected on that or anything, but just so you know, like, it's pretty bad, right? We all think that's bad. Maybe we should change that. What do you think? You'd take some losses in your profits, right? Any human being would for that. No, maybe it's... I think call Walmart in. Don't call Walmart out. <laughs> <laughs> but may, actually, maybe you do need to like 98% call Walmart in. Like it would really probably be helpful if you wanted to like say do some sort of direct action in a way to like impair the short-term profitability of walmart through like blocking trucks or something like that or whatever like who knows Mm -hmm. but some sort of direct action thing to be mean to walmart in response to their ethics violations it would really help if for every person who is doing that there were 98 people writing a letter to walmart explaining what's wrong with their model yeah i mean i already said 75 percent nice earlier in the show so I'm just going to say, even with Walmart, 75% nice, I think would be good. 98 is a great rhetorical technique to use. Because, again, who's doing that? Nobody's doing that. So it's really the thing that you need to push, or that I want to push, anyway. So yeah, my position that it should be a 98 to 2 ratio... Will help move us closer to the... The 75, the 75. which is the real golden mean. Yeah, yeah that's, that's called the PSYOP. <laughs> that's called moving the Overton window. That's some advanced right, technique. Right, right, right. But yeah, no, I do think 98, 99 territory is actually true, ideally. But maybe that's a long ways off for us, such a fallen species, living through echoes of so much historical trauma. Yeah, and that's important to remember, too, because the last thing that I want a call to be nice to end up becoming, I don't want to wag my finger at traumatized people for not being nice all the time especially if they're serving ends that are nice in their content like that's yeah oh yeah that just becomes so (laughs) obvious yeah it's like i'm just saying if you can it's good too and i think it's important to acknowledge that and that true niceness yeah does have this alignment between form and content because like another thing that comes up when people talk about this is this idea of minnesota nice or like this sort of passive aggressive niceness it's sort of like the interpersonal version of walmart almost (laughs) it's like (laughs) where and i don't know why the poor people of minnesota get tarred with this if this is a common thing there it's just a word i've heard for it minnesota nice is this like a lot of observing of the form of nice oh hi how are you how is your day but like you're gossiping behind their back or like even like bringing up something that you know will bother them and then they have to pretend to not be bothered by it and it's this elaborate uh weird social game being played that's also just not the good version of nice to be clear i'm not saying that's better than brutal honesty i'm saying nice honesty is good and nice doing good things nice form and nice content do you know what else would be nice in content building a utopian society where we abolish patriarchy, class relations, the idea of hierarchy, and build an ecological and democratic society that can work for everyone instead of just a small group of people. A global library socialism based on the principle of usufruct and the irreducible minimum, making sure that everyone is taken care of as we work to develop technology for the betterment of humankind now and forever until we explore the stars safely ethically and rationally for thousands and thousands of years living up to our potential forever and ever and ever 
That's nice. That'd be pretty nice. I don't know anyone who could hear that and say that wouldn't be nice and not sound like a complete dummy. You know, I think calling the people who disagree with that a dummy is not nice in form, but it is nice in content because you're standing up for this beautiful vision of what needs to be. Yeah. And even though calling people dummies isn't generally very nice, I feel like I said it in a fairly warm way. I was being, I love you, you dummy. That's what I meant. (laughs) It's like, it's not even not nice. It's just, it's a little playful, like, you know between pals come here you knucklehead (laughs) you don't want a global library society oh you you're always like that curmudgeon (laughs) there's room for you in my perfect world brother (laughs) oh this perfect world shouldn't exist i'm so mad oh he's Uh, he's he's mad again he's like you don't have to be so mad come on join the fun it's a nice perfect world (laughs) aren't you enjoying your hour and a half work day oh i love that crazy angry guy (laughs) He makes this utopia ever more perfect. You're just making society better by being so mad. <laughs> anyway, so that's the world that we want to build. And uh, that's what our little show is all about. Thank you so much for listening to it this week, everyone. And thank you to everyone who is a recurring monthly donor on Patreon. It makes a huge difference, Tess, being able to keep doing the show and bring episodes like this to your digital world network pocket rectangle, which contains all media and your connection to the social world. Yeah, and then you listen to it from that rectangle with your ears, which aren't shaped like rectangles, which I just wanted to point out. Your ears are not any normal shape like that. They're shaped like an ear. We have a whole episode on the ear if you want more detail on that. (laughs) You know, somewhere right now there's an artist drawing a portrait of a person right and then you say the ears aren't rectangles and he's like oh damn and then he like erases like (laughs) crumples up the paper (laughs) damn it (laughs) start over (laughs) yeah so that's it for this week and we'll see you next week with more uh, different podcast with more more audio content prepared audio content from us thanks for listening welcome to the seriously wrong audio content (laughs) (laughs) on this week's audio content we're Let's do that at the beginning. You're seriously wrong. You're seriously wrong. You're seriously wrong. Seriously wrong. this tape. Now I know many of you here today gathered have heard about the infamous earbud catastrophe that started our friendship and that was the episode. Oh, walk down memory lane. I haven't listened to that episode in I think 30 years. It might be more for me. It's so so long ago. We're all gathered here today to celebrate our 50th friend anniversary. Obviously we're best friends. We do everything together. You can catch us on the street in matching outfits. At the biggest events in each other's lives we're always there. 50 years of friendship and here's the 50 more friend. Uh, cheers glasses everyone. Lift, yeah. lift up your champagne to 
50 more years. Close friendship. Sometimes a brief stumble at the beginning can be the start of a wonderful marathon. I feel like you're describing our friendship. It also describes the path our society took, the final glorious revolution to a global library-based society. You're right on the money, old friend. You try to build up the ever more perfect world for everyone forever, and yeah, sometimes there's trouble on the path. But sometimes... When you get past that first little stumble, for us in our timeline, it's about 2025. But then after that, it was all a glide, perfectly smooth. Yeah, and the advancing health technology made possible by our ecological and scientifically based society is actually the reason why it makes sense to toast to 50 more years of friendship. Oh, that's not hyperbole, friends. We live in a medical utopia. Doesn't matter that I'm 79 and he's 83, and I feel as young as the day I first danced into the classroom. Dancing school. Now My dad's 120, and he's as spry as he was the day he was 75. What capitalist society can tell you that? Sorry, you were dancing? Did I miss it? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say I'm a professionally trained dancer. I was going to do a little dance for everyone. Uh, but it's okay, no, you had your thing, and I don't need to show off my world-class dance moves for these people here today. It's not our special day or what? anything. No. It's, I thought I, what you I had to say was nice. To, I think we'd all like to say how nice it would be if my friend of 50 years would dance for us, don't you? Doesn't everyone think it would be nice? Yeah, that would be nice. Well, that's, dance. that's very nice of all of you to applaud for. And I unfortunately feel like maybe the window was kind of missed because someone was too eager to hear the sound of their own voice and they weren't ready to just listen and be nice for their oldest friend, their truest friend. Can I be honest with you about something? Shoot, you can tell me anything, old friend. The reason that I interrupted you to make that comment was because I felt that it was kind of a tag up on the thing that was said previously, and I just wanted to kind of shove it in there. I was hoping you'd just continue right along. I wasn't maybe thinking about how interrupting you would make you feel. I could have been more thoughtful there. Well, hearing your reflexivity, friend, has really given me pause about my own behavior. Perhaps I should have just gone with the flow, made my announcement about dancing as planned, and then done the whole routine for everyone. All 18 incredible minutes of world-class dance. He's not lying. He's world-class. Even though now I'm very old, I clearly still have this problem with taking small things the wrong way and blowing it up way out of proportion in a way that's not productive. And uh, it would be nice to dance for you all. And I'm going to show you my nicest moves. That would be so nice. I think that's the nicest thing I've heard in... Oh, close to 50 years, the last time we had a little incident like this, and you know, I think this one will go down in history too, the dancing incident at the 50-year friend anniversary. Oh, we're gonna be talking about this little disagreement for 50 more years, the dance fiasco. May I say that, uh, as you put it on, I just noticed your dancing outfit is incredibly sharp. The top hat, crisp new suit, really complements your frame. And I love the cane. I love when you incorporate the cane into your dance routine. Although I'm old, I don't actually need a cane. I'm quite... Oh, no, yeah, it's, he's an acrobat with that thing. Just wait till you see him. All right. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Here I go. And... 
And I know a lot of you people here today have heard all about the dance fiasco, but you might not have heard the actual recording of the 50th friend anniversary. You know, I, it's hard for me to believe that that was 50 years ago and that we're now at our 100 year friend anniversary. Also, can't believe how old we used to look oh, and yeah, sound. Oh, yeah, before the medical technology advanced to reduce people's ages. I mean, we felt young, but we didn't sound young. <laughs> and we've got something to announce as well. Over the last 50 years, Aaron has been training to dance. And while he won't say that he's world class, honestly, I think he is. Oh, stop. It's I'm not world class. I'd say right now, I think I'm at about the level you were 50 years ago when we had imperfect medical technology. It's true. Our notions of world class have expanded as we've discovered functional immortality and advanced health technology that puts all human beings in peak optimal human shape. You have a point there. But it's still exceptional what you can do with the cane. And I do appreciate you putting on that outfit as we speak. Could you button this up for me? Just Oh, sure, yeah. What are friends for? So oh, this I, looks nice on you. I do have one thing that I want to ask you. If you look under your seat, I did bring a matching outfit. And I was wondering if you wanted to make it a duet, a double dance together. <sighs> really wish you told me because I would be it's okay if you say no it's totally okay well now I feel like I have to no you shouldn't feel that way <laughs> although I guess in hindsight I could see why putting you on the spot like this. <laughs> <laughs> no what I'll just do it by myself I shouldn't have asked I'm well, sorry. no I would never want to I like uh, let me I'll just put it on I just wish you told me I just I don't want to blow this up but like uh, just put on the little hat and... wait a minute are we in the midst of the 100 year mix-up I'm sorry, I don't want to skip right to the end, but I assume after we express all of our feelings, this will be another one of those times, like the first two. Well, I think I'm actually moderating my emo- I think I made a lot of progress. I'm not freaking out. I'm just going to do it. It's okay. Let's go. A one. A two. A one, one, two, three. Here we go. You may have heard the story of our 100 year mix up. That's the tape. Now we're one million trillion years old and we're light beings. We choose the really old person's voice so that mortals can relate to how aged and wise we are. These aged voices convey the gravity of our billions and zillions of years of experience. So thank you for coming to our billion zillionth year friend anniversary. It's been a blast. We have transcended such small things as world class dancing. Now we just process information. That's the real thrill. Oh, put her there, old friend. What a nice sentiment. We also don't get in these petty quabbles anymore. Oh no, it's been at least Two billion zillion years since. The last time I overreacted? Oh, I wouldn't say you overreacted. I would just say you reacted. And we we talked about it. Well, I treasure your friendship, old friend. Who would have thought it all started with one earbud misunderstanding? The greatest story ever told. All right, I'm going to leave now. See you next week. Goodbye. You're my best friend. Bye. (laughs) 